1: Today's topic is about EMF radiation and your health. So is your cell phone killing you? I'm so very excited about today's show because the expert I have on is Daniel DeBon. Let me tell you a little about about him. Daniel DeBon is an internationally recognized expert in EMF radiation, EMF shielding, and EMF-related health issues, with special focus on the effect of exposure from mobile devices such as laptops, tablets, and cell phones. Daniel's concern regarding the health impact of EMF emissions grew from over 30 years of engineering experience in the telecommunication industry, where he held a variety of executive positions at SAIC, Telcordia, AT&T, and Bell Labs. He is a he is a co-author of Radiation Nation: The Fallout of Modern Technology. Daniel, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show.
2: Dr. Carey, thank you so much for inviting me. I I look forward to chatting with you today on this subject. I'm excited about it, and and we have a chance to talk to others about a subject that's pretty important in their lives, and they may not realize it.
1: Yes, absolutely. So as you know, functional medicine is about getting to the root underlying causes of health issues, Mm -hmm. and so can you explain what is EMF and where does it come from?
2: Sure. Um, so, a um, hundred years ago, uh, electromagnetic radiation really didn't exist in our lives. Um, nature itself doesn't generate um, emissions that potentially can be dangerous to our bodies. It's by and large the stuff man has created in their environment. So it's a it's an environmental thing that does influence our bodies. Uh, and and what is it that we're We're talking about uh, we're talking about the way our cell phones communicate to a cell tower, the way our Wi-Fi laptop communicates to a router, the way our Bluetooth connects to your your system radio system in your car. All of these devices are using communications paths to have a conversation, move data across the network, um, and, and so there's all of a sudden where a hundred years ago there was none, now there's a whole host of those kinds of technologies right around our body. So, so that's one major source of electromagnetic radiation. The other is when you have an electric motor or you have uh, a refrigerator or you have a, um, a hair dryer. Any electronic device you use today uh, actually, has, as a, as a byproduct, it re- re- releases emissions into the air. Um, they operate, and when there's current flow, there's stuff that comes out of the, 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 the devices that can potentially harm you. That's called extremely low frequency emissions. And the other kind that we spoke about with tablets and laptops, that's called radio frequency emissions. Those are the two areas that you want to worry about in our environments today.
1: And then how does EMF damage our body? What does the research actually show? Because I know you were heavily involved in research.
2: Oh, yeah. Actually, um, I- I'll tell you a story. Um, I-, 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 I did all the standards for the Bell System and my-, my job uh, over the many, many years. And I ran technical laboratories to substantiate claims of the vendors. So I had a lot of experience in the electrical space. And um, I'll tell you a little story about uh, six, seven years ago. My, my, my wife was, uh, uh, my sons were visiting, uh, and my wife says to the boys who had their laptops on their laps for um, three, four hours, she said, that can't be good for you. Get them off your laps. And and I'm thinking, based on my background, that that can't be true. These are very, very low-level signals. And I, I doubt sincerely it can be disruptive to the cell of a body or the processes of a body. Well, I said, well, maybe you go check, uh, look around. And I was astonished at that time about how much we actually knew in research um, that there was actually physical ways those signals were interrupting our body's behavior. And, for example, at that point, and to the point my wife was making, after three or four hours, the male sperm becomes 25% of the male sperm is immobile. And and so that seemed like a pretty serious problem. So um, I found that and, and much more on the research side. That talks about the kinds of damages uh, processes uh, to the body. Uh, 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 to be more specific, for example, when 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 you when you have a cell phone to your head or or when you have a, a laptop in your lap, um, the emissions um, are, are touching the cells of the body, and the the cells uh, have a membrane that protects the inner part of the of the cell. And what happens is. With a constant uh, aggressive uh, signal, like we spoke about, uh, radio frequency signal touching the body like that, the the cell itself becomes um, um, diminished in its capacity to defend itself. And after a while, and, and under heavy load, what will happen is the cell actually will allow calcium, our own body's calcium, to penetrate that cell. After that. Uh, you know, you may have heard of this as oxidative stress. This is a form of oxidative stress. Uh, b- but when those kinds of things go that far, then there's oxide buildup and there's a cascade of events that can occur that can lead to DNA damage and mutated cells. So, so we have that function that's going on. But at the same time, there's an immune sup- suppression from these devices around us. And if your body is not um, up to par in its immune from the gut, for example, um, uh, then you are more susceptible. And it's even further pushed because of the devices around you. So there are all of these kinds of uh, impacts that occur from these very very close devices around our body. And 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 so you can have mutated cells, you can have DNA damage, you can have for women and men, health problems. Um, uh, uh, there are all sorts of kinds of potentially more long-lasting problems. There's also um, hypersensitivity, electromagnetic radiation hypersensitivity, where you can actually feel it. You, you get headaches. Your your hands hurt. Your um, Your eyes hurt. These are all symptomatic of exposures to these kinds of devices around our lives today.
1: And, um, you know, as you're speaking, I'm, I'm thinking, well, I'm sitting here at my desk and my Wi-Fi is on. Um, when I'm at the office, we have Wi-Fi on. Yeah. Uh, I personally right. don't use a cell phone. I don't own a cell phone. I don't use a laptop or a tablet either i'm very kind right. of stone age in right, <laughs> how i right. use technology but you know i'm thinking um most people aren't like me they have all of this technology oh, yeah. even you know giving it to their their children oh yeah like i've seen um uh, toddlers just sitting there with a tablet and and ipad just you know swiping playing games watching videos so um are children more vulnerable than adults do you think yeah
2: yeah there's virtually no question whatsoever that children are potentially more exposed than adults and i'll I'll explain it this way Uh, first i'm going to tell you um a a little bit more so you can get a context when when and you probably don't use these uh dr carrie but microwave i don't use a microwave oven a microwave oven is around 2.3 gigahertz. I mean, it's really, really fast. It's it's 2 billion cycles per second. That is being transmitted into the water between the cells of the piece of meat, oscillates the cells, and all of a sudden the meat's cooked. Well, that's around 2.3 gigahertz. It turns out that a cell phone is around 2 gigahertz. A 2 gigahertz signal is also a thermal emitting signal just like a microwave it's virtually the same thing and so when you are using a cell phone the standards in the u.s for particularly and and actually in canada as well uh it turns out that your head right around the cell phone is allowed to increase thermally by two degrees and that signal is allowed to penetrate the area where the cell phone is into the skull by one inch. So um, two degrees, one inch. So it's allowing a six foot male adult to have two degrees increase and one inch penetration. Fast forward today, you have children using phones, not six foot males, which the standard was based on. And what does that mean? That same signal Is going completely through a six year old child. Um, There's no doubt, on the average, in fact, children are three times more likely uh, to, no, they're three times more susceptible than adults are. So when you give a child a cell phone and um, you ask them to call their grandma and they spend an hour at a time and they're six years old, that signal is literally going right through their head at the various early early ages. Why is that important to know? Well, you know, if you look back in time, cell phones, laptops, tablets, all these things didn't exist 15, 20 years ago. In fact, I like to talk about it. even though the standards are 30 years ago, 20 years ago, I had a cell phone, um, you know, with, with a backpack to carry it around. And and it turns out that... Um, I had no one to call because none of my friends had cell phones. Today, everyone, 99 and 98% of the world has cell phones. And so all of these devices are being young, are being used and it's younger and younger use. After five years, you're something like two more times likely to get a cancer as a, based on that use. After 10 years, it's three times more likely. So there is no question about it when you're a child and you're using it for a protracted lifetime, uh, you are beginning more and more susceptible over time to these exposures, and they can be pretty serious exposures that can have pretty serious health problems and associated with that exposure. And
1: I think that's bearing out in the research. Aren't um, nope. Isn't cancer in young people one of the fastest... Um, the fastest rising population at this point? Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Actually. Like
1: we've never never seen that before.
2: Yeah, actually, let's talk about children and then let's talk about adults. Um, Over the last 10 years, research says that frontal lobe cancer has increased by 2% per year, compounding every year. In other words, there's statistical evidence that there's increases in the frontal lobe cancer which is by the way where you would expect cancer to be um, from a cell phone because by and large when you talk about cancers you're really talking about the cancers to the frontal lobe as the primary cancer for that kind of exposure with a child we're not just talking about that cancer that potentially can occur to the frontal lobe. We're also talking about neurological impacts. Uh, we're talking about ADHD. We're talking about uh, child behavioral problems, the neurologically based. We're talking about all sorts of disruption of brain patterns that are occurring with the, with the child. And all of those kinds of uh, uh, symptoms are, are, are growing at a, almost an exponential level compared to 10 years previous so there's no question research has really made it clear that adults are susceptible but even worse potentially our uh, children are more susceptible and they're using cell phones much more than i ever did well, my exposure has been the last 10 years theirs is a lifetime so you really got to think about when you use these technologies just what kind of impact it can have around you, your body. And it, it, you need to decide uh, how to manage that uh, because no one else will. Certainly not standards bodies, certainly not governments. You need to decide how to protect yourself.
1: Well, see, so, Daniel, let's talk next about symptoms. So are there any, like, hallmark symptoms that would make someone think, oh, that probably has to do with EMFs or are they all very kind of nonspecific?
2: Yeah, actually, that uh, we have. I have a study group that's working on trying to help define that. Okay. Uh, it, it's somewhat nonspecific, as you point out. I have a headache today. Can it be because you have blue light, which is a visible light exposure to the retina uh, that's causing your headache? Is it because <clears throat> you have a, a radio signal that's from your router, that's uh, two foot away from you, that's bothering your uh, uh, sub, uh, your brain uh, and and the patterns of the brain. Um, th- there are just so many symptoms that 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 reel their ugly head, uh, and it's hard to prove. However, here are some things we do know. And I'll go back to the uh, the blue light. Blue light is a component of the spectrum, electromagnetic radiation spectrum that actually is visible. You can see it. And it turns out its strength is really, really strong and, and compared to all the other uh, colors of the rainbow. And so when you look at a monitor and you're looking at it at a long time, that's not a good thing because you have blue light, artificial blue light. Now, from the LEDs within the, your devices, transmitting the blue component to your eye constantly. Here's a situation in which you want to avoid. At night, when, you're, when you have your tablet and you're looking at browsing until you go to bed, what's the potential things that can occur? There are actually several. Your, your melatonin has been disrupted. Uh, in other words, that process of slowing down at the end of the day has been disrupted, which is the natural biorhythm of the body. And so when you're looking at these screens, you you have this disruption of melatonin, the creation of melatonin as a result of that. And so your sarcavian rhythm is now disrupted. Why? Because you disrupted the down cycle of the body. And the, there's a whole raft of things that occur once that happens, you know, from kidney problems to, to uh, thyroid problems. All sorts of different things can occur when your circadian rhythm has been disrupted, as, as you know, doctor. And so um, we, we have all of those kinds of things that happen. But we also, with blue light, by the way, um, your eye may be getting dry. You, you, you know, you're looking at a monitor all day in your job. And you always have eyes that are really, really dry. I had um, a, um, a, 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 a neurologist that I work with. And he had uh, someone within his uh, practice uh, who worked with him. And they constantly had dry eye for 20 years. And I said, look, research shows that the blue component of that signal she's looking at can actually create dry eye. And he didn't believe me. And I said, uh, then I asked him to uh, find a filter. And you can get that by either turning, adjusting your monitors, or they actually have physical filters for your eyes that you can put uh, put on that filter out the blue component. They did, within two hours, I think it was, her eyes wet. They became clear. They were not bloodshot anymore. So it, 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 that 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 problem was symptomatic of the exposure to blue light, which is electromagnetic radiation. So they're all over the place.
1: So then let's kind of switch gears and talk about some of the ways that we can protect ourselves and our families from okay. all of this stuff.
2: Okay. So um, what, when... One of the absolute best ways uh, to protect yourself is to know where it is and avoid it. Um, When you have a cell phone that you use on, it's constantly transmitting to the tower. The Wi-Fi is constantly transmitting to the router. um, And you have the Bluetooth transmitting constantly as well so you have three transmitters that can be uh, being uh, generated from there do you need all three you don't most people only use the cell phone connection so by reducing those numbers of transmitters within the room you actually begin reducing your exposure when you are in a room with a laptop believe it or not By pushing it away just a little bit, you reduce the potential dangers associated with that device close to your body. In fact, the cardinal rule is, if you have a device against your body, that's likely the worst case of potential danger to the body. When you are one foot away, almost 80% of that potential danger is gone. By four foot, almost 98%. So simply by putting those devices farther away from you, even though you can use them, but keep them away from you, is a way of bringing protection to yourself. Um, if that same tab, cell phone, uh, tab, um, laptop can be connected with an Ethernet, you know, a wire, by eliminating the wireless component and creating a wired connection, you reduce. That potential, as well as a danger, and and, and in general, what's true is um, one bee um, won't, won't kill you; a thousand will. And if you think about all these transmitters that can be in a room, always try to reduce the number of bees in the room. By doing so, you also you begin improving the probability of maintaining a more healthy environment. It's a toxin in your environment. And by, by actually managing it out of that environment, you improve the health of your environment. Um, here's another thing as well. When you use a cell phone, if you use a cell phone for five minutes a day, you're you're not at risk. If you use it for hours at the a day, then it becomes more and more of a greater risk. and And that's when that compounding problem of time plays in. Uh, the, the duration of time you have it to close to your body, if you if it's reduced, you're improving the probability of good health by moving it, uh, by putting it close, it worsens that potential. So, simple level things. At night, for example, when I uh, have a router on, I have a router uh, that I use, uh, as do you, uh, Dr. Carey, and what I do is I put a little timer on it. So, at um, Ten o'clock it actually goes off, and then at seven o'clock in the morning it turns on. So when I'm using it, um, it's there, and when I'm sleeping, it's not. So little simple things you can do to help improve the environment is really good so so why you know we've talked a little bit about uh, you know this stuff. World Health Organization considers. Uh, a, a, a radio frequency signal from a cell phone, a potential carcinogenic, a 2B carcinogenic. It is as it's like arsenic, in the eyes of of of, of the WHO organization, and so um, these things are harmful, and they are as toxic as arsenic. As I said, why did I use that? Because your environment is probably the source of 80% of the health concerns you have. And one of these new concerns in our environment is all these electromagnetic radiation sources. And by uh, reducing that toxin from hitting your body, you're reducing the potential dangers of those kinds of uh, environmental uh, issues we have with our, with our health.
1: And so I can, <clears throat> I can imagine our listeners out there right now so engaged in this conversation and they're wondering, why isn't our government doing anything about this?
2: <laughs> they're not. And and I'll, I'll tell you the story in the U.S. Um, um, the, the standard was generated 30 years ago on a six foot male, right? It was based solely on the thermal impact to the body. And we spoke about that. A microwave oven heats up your head, your, your meat. And when you use a cell phone, it's th- it's a much level much lower power level, but it's it is heating your head, and and that's a thermal impact, which is typically temporary. They never considered biological, and everything carry uh, Dr. Carey we've talked about is biological, it, the neurological impacts, uh, tingling the fingers, headaches, um, can't sleep at night. Now, all of these things are biological impacts. So the standards in the U.S. over 30 years ago were created and did not impact biological behavior of the body. They just simply protected against thermal. Um, and so that's where it was uh, 30 some years ago. Nothing has changed in our, in our standards bodies. Nothing has changed in the Canadian standards bodies, nothing has changed really in the European governing bodies, although there's differences, and some are substantial depending on what country you're at. And so, um, yeah, they, these things are, are there, and the standards are not been updated, and the technologies are evolving, which potentially begins bringing more danger to the body based on the speeds of the technologies. For, you know, I'm not sure you've heard of, have you heard of 5G, uh, Dr. Carey? No. Okay. That's sort of an important point. Um, When when, when the standard was created, it was like 1G, the first generation of technology. And then all of a sudden there's been several iterations of advancements over the years. And they called it 2G, 3G, 4G, fourth generation. Currently, everyone uses fourth generation. The kind of ways that cell phone communicates, the kind of ways it gets from one site to another. All of that has been the same space. And and we talked about cycles per second a moment ago. Um, you know, 2 billion cycles per second, roughly, is uh, 2 gigahertz, right? And so 5G is coming along and you're talking about how our devices will connect to each other and they call it now the Internet of Things with 5G. And what they're doing is increasing the speeds so you have more power within the communication, more bandwidth to communicate. And it's going up to 300 gigahertz. That's 300 billion cycles per second so where before we had these these toxins hitting our body at two gigahertz this next year or so you're going to see stuff coming at 50 60 gigahertz hitting the body and what's happening is because the speeds are so high they have transmitters that have to be much closer When you have a cell phone today and you connect to a cell phone, you can go about five miles with that signal and you can still talk. Um, And so, and if you are living within a thousand foot of that cell tower, you are three times more likely to have cancer uh, based on the statistics of research. And so uh, with 5G, the signal can't go five miles. It can only go 750 feet. So now, all of a sudden, you're going to have a little tower in front of your house every 750 feet. And that means, based on the data we know, the transmitted uh, power levels are high enough to have that known statistic of three times more likely cancer uh, with 1,000 feet exposure. It will be now true with cell, tower, uh, cell towers of 5G because they're so much closer. Uh, so um, we will be continuing, as the technology evolves, being more and more exposed to the biological impacts of those exposures.
1: Daniel, for our listeners out there, are there any really good webs- uh, websites or resources that you can recommend, you know, that are valid um, for us to get more information on this topic?
2: Actually, um, there are. Um, there are uh, 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 groups that are, uh, are uh, that are um, forming. Um, d- d- Dr. Um, uh, Davis, who I, I have great respect for, uh, runs um, a organization um, I forget trust um, Environmental Trust Agency. And she tries to be up to date on all the subject matter. Um, I also sent, spend a substantial amount of time trying to inform um, ex, uh, our pe- people in general, uh, not, not only with the book I wrote, but I also have all that kind of current information on my uh, website that we can make available uh, to your partners. And what I do there, by the way, is as I did with the book, I, I don't give you my opinion. I give you what research suggests. Um, there is a body, so much of bodies of evidence that substantiate claims today that um, th- although there's a debate because there's $27 billion companies uh, in the business uh, positioning their point of view, but the private uh, sector independent study work is clearly stating evidence where there is clear, cut, statistically significantly important evidence of danger. By the way, <laughs> that brings me to a point: uh, the federal government. You 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 mentioned uh, who's protecting us? Uh, you know, are the governments involved? In the U.S., there was a uh, there was a research twenty five million dollars was spent on a research natural toxicity program in the U.S. government, and their goal was to attempt to establish uh, no link between the use of cell phones in an epidemiology study. And um, after spending twenty five million dollars, what they found was there was statistical significance in population differences with exposures and not exposures What that means is, yeah, you can really believe what I'm telling you is likely true, that there is an increase in tumor. And there's two types of tumor, frontal lobe and heart tumor, related to exposures. So the federal government, sadly for them, found that there was a link. As, as did their Ramazani, that's out of Europe as a research group, and they did their own epidemiology and they found similar findings. Um, so um, we're really getting more and more evidence uh, in our environment where it does make sense to try to help minimize exposures as much as you can because it's going to get worse, worse more worse than it before it gets better.
1: Daniel, can you remind our listeners the title of your book and where they can find it, and yep. then your website, okay. and then are there, you know, any other um, avenues to find out more about you?
2: Okay. Um, they can go to, uh, they can get my book, which is uh, Radiation Nation, and it's the fallout of modern technology. And, and Dr. Carey, the reason I wrote it was because there was so much research really solid work done by wonderful researchers, brilliant people, and uh, doing controlled study and making conclusions solely based on the data. Uh, And no one knew it. And so the, the reason I wrote Radiation Nation was because I wanted to try to bring what we knew in research to the physician groups to the population that being impacted, the users of these technologies. And the the way in which I wrote it was for non technical people. So you can read my book and you'll probably have a pretty good understanding of a pretty complicated subject. And 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 that's really why I wrote Radiation Nation, uh, the Fallout of Modern Technology. Um, and, and and you can get that uh, uh, on uh, a website, uh, DefenderShield.com. That's DefenderShield.com. And in that uh, website, of course, we not only have the book, but that's where you're also going to be able to find a whole host of research work. Um, and uh, I mentioned a couple of them Um Others are like the Bio Initiative. It's a group of physicians worldwide and researchers that have been every year giving their current view of research as it relates to electromagnetic radiation. And so all those kinds of study works you can actually find in our learning section on the website. And then, of course, if you're thinking that you, you would like to go beyond precautionary measures with your environment that is moving stuff away limiting time use reducing the number of bees in the room there's other ways you may want to consider protecting yourself and that's with shielding i actually developed one i developed this for my son's protection Um, you know my my wife says i want grandchildren Uh, i actually built it for them and 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 they started using it their friends started using it And all of a sudden, I got in the business of creating shielding. And now, of course, we have all sorts of products for helping protect the body. Um, And um, the the cell phones we have protection for, laptops, all the devices we have around can now be protected. And, oh, by the way, Dr. Carey, I still don't have grandchildren.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that, but hopefully they're coming soon. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so for the listeners out there, I'll make sure that we have um, links to all those resources that Daniel mentioned in our podcast notes so that you can easily find his book and his website and get all that information and learn about his shielding products. Daniel, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been a really awesome and informative interview.
2: Well, thanks so much for inviting me. I really do appreciate you giving me an opportunity to share what we know.
1: All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Daniel DeBon. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Kerry Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone.
0: You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Kerry Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc.